Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Jeff of the Decentralists, and well, we had to do another hot topic on our favorite personality, Elon Musk. Uh, you may recall that we had a uh, we had done a oh gosh a podcast called "The Musk Stops Here," all about the fact that after being a, a user on on Twitter, he decided he wanted to buy it. However, over the last couple of months. Things have changed. It seems now that Elon Musk wants to stop the whole proceedings and indeed not purchase Twitter. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but Mike had a feeling this was going to happen. I hate when he's right. I told you so. I hate to say I told you so. Let's discuss this for a little bit, uh, Mike. And, and, and we'll start with you because I know how much you love him. I actually do like Elon Musk, but I have to admit... Um, you know, over the last kind of couple of years, and especially into this Twitter thing, I've liked him a lot less, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, to me, I think that when we, we, when we first talked about this, you know, we made comments that you hear a lot, right? A spoiled billionaire brat and all this other kind of stuff. And the sad part is, is I can't, and he's, and he's, you know, he's been accused of using Twitter as an influencer to, to, um, you know, kind of do things like he's actually done to Twitter this time, which is, you know, make Bitcoin go up or make Bitcoin go down or make Doji Dogecoin or whatever, go up or make it go down or make Tesla go up or make it go down just by him tweeting, right. By his influence on this platform. And by getting into this, you, you, you literally can see, you know, you can almost envision that he's sitting around with a couple, with a bunch of his tech bro dudes, as Jeff usually calls them, you know, having a few too many, uh, you know, Coronas or Aperol spritzes or something like this. And he says, I'm going to buy Twitter. And he makes a tweet and he's, it, you know what I mean? And he's literally like, he, his offer price was $54 and 20 cents. Yeah. And Twitter's under $34 now. And the thing is he tweeted that and the entire world now knows how much he committed himself to yep. paying to own Twitter. Now, hold on a second. In my mind, and I don't know much about business, but if you commit to something, um, you're not supposed to be able to back out. Exactly. I mean, exactly right, Henry. If I if I have a car for sale and the car, I, I want to sell my car, the car is worth $5,000, and you say to me, hey, I'm going to give you $15,000 for the car. And we sign a contract to that effect. Mm -hmm. And I show up with the car and you don't show up with $15,000, then you are in breach of contract. Uh, and, and at a minimum, you owe me the $10,000 difference so I can go and sell the car to somebody else for $5,000. And, and so you don't necessarily, you either owe me $15,000 and I give you the car or you owe me the difference, right? Okay. And and Elon has a contract to purchase Twitter. But there was a clause, right? There's a weasel clause that basically says, <laughs> if the deal doesn't work, you're fined a billion dollars. Or you, you're on the hook for a billion. You're not fined. You're on the hook for a billion dollars. But those are like acts of God. Those are those are like, Correct. you know, there's... Uh, you know, there's some some something that neither party can control that has come along and and has uh, you know and has caused the wheels to fall off the deal. That's not. I don't want to do it anymore, right? Like you mm -hmm. and I sign a contract to. It's an oversimplification, but you and I sign a contract for this car. You saying I don't want to do it anymore is not 
sufficient to to get out of the contract. Right. Now, odds are I would get out of it in this situation because I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to lawyer up. I'm not going to spend $10,000 in lawyers and court fees to, to sell you my car. But when we're talking about $44 billion, then it is in Twitter's interest to take Elon to the Chancery Court of Delaware and say, I am holding you to this deal. And furthermore, you know, a lot of people online will say, well, they just should just let it blow over and move on. But what they seem to forget is that the Twitter board has a fiduciary duty to their shareholders. Absolutely. To maximize shareholder value. So they got this contract where shareholders who bought Twitter stock with the belief that Twitter would go up in value or get sold and they would see a return on their investment and Elon committing to buy it at this dollar value is, you know, allowed them to, to recognize, to realize right. that, that profit. Um, if the board turns around and just says, nah, then they're at risk of shareholder lawsuits where shoulders are like, what are you doing? Yeah. Your, your job is to yeah. totally, you know, is to represent the shareholders and, and see my investment. And the last thing I'll rant about is, you know, Elon's, Elon, this business about bots, right? Like, I suspect he went to his lawyers and said, find me something, anything that can get me out of this. Right? Yeah, oh, I'm sure. And so, and so they come up with this thing about bots, right? But you, people have been tweeting, well, first of all, Elon has been profiting off bots, boosting everything he has to say and boosting Tesla stock for, for years. So talk about the pot calling the kettle black, but leaving that aside for a minute, um, people have been tweeting to him about bots for years. So it's, you know, it's all just nonsense. There's also the whole Tesla stock market collapse side, but I'll, I'll let. Oh, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> well, no, it, you're, but you're right. Okay. So the first thing, a comment I'm going to make is in your, I love it, weasel clauses. Um, in the weasel clause, it's meant to be the weasel in, in question here is Musk. Okay, the weasel <laughs> yeah. clause does not identify Twitter in this transaction. Okay, Twitter, and that's the point of the weasel clause. Twitter was sitting there. They didn't ask for Elon to, to, to tweet that he was going to buy the company. They didn't ask Elon to say for how much. They, you know, they just basically sat there. And if you remember at the beginning stages, you know, Elon's like, I want this presented directly to the board. First, he was going to be on the board. Then he decided to not be on the yeah. board. Then he wanted it presented to the board. He demanded it be presented to shareholders. They, they presented to shareholders. The shareholders said, fine, let's, let's talk. Let's get this deal done. Okay. That's the weasel clause. He made all the right moves, said he was going to do everything, and they're holding him to it. So to me, the issue here is, is now you've got Elon using this bot argument. Oh, you know, you guys aren't being honest with me about how many of the accounts are real and how many are bots. When Twitter has been reporting that data publicly for ever. Yeah, and, but, but what's happening is he isn't believing what they're reporting. No, that's, that's, that's not correct. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a choice to believe right. it. I think what you're seeing here is literally, you know, a combination of the, the most ridiculous sour grapes, mm -hmm. right? Which is, Elon, you offered to spend $44 billion, you don't want to, you don't have it, and you don't want to spend it anymore. Your penalty is a billion dollars, okay? If that's me and I'm Elon, I just, I graciously give him the billion dollars and I back out. Exactly. That's the price I have to pay for being a big influencer Twitter guy, okay? And this got me into trouble. 
So Elon, I think, has to be willing to do this. But he's even trying to get out of that. And this is, a, like, to Jeff's point, like, this is a fundamental kind of, you know, corporate case law thing. On the one hand, Twitter's board literally kind of has to go to the mat now on this thing. They mm-hmm. have no choice. They have no choice but to spend essentially what could be an endless amount of money. And it, and look at who they're going up against, the richest man in the world. Oh, my. To fight this because, to Jeff's point, in that gulf, in the, in the price of the share dropping from 54 to 34, those investors who were talked into talking with Musk have now lost probably $100 billion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, their duty now has to be to recover at the very least that 20 that you know, hundred billion and a billion from Musk ain't going to do it. A penalty isn't going to do it. Correct. A penalty is not going to shake off that shareholder lawsuit to the board saying, "What are exactly. you doing? You had a contract to sell the company. It was legal and above board. You provided everything this you know this egotist asked for. Hold him to the contract." Right. Like if I was a shareholder, I would say I would expect nothing less than the board holding Elon to his contract to purchase the company. Correct. And whether that drags out in court for five years, I mean, so so be it. It it's mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. It, it's still gonna, you know, it, it's still gonna come ahead. And I think I think people who are critical of people like me calling him sort of a petulant tech bro, I think I think it's important to understand that, you know, I'll be the first person to say that Elon Musk is an incredible visionary. Absolutely. Agreed. He's like Steve Jobs. I drive an electric car. It's not a Tesla because reasons. Um, But, you know, I drive an electric car, but I'm doing that because of the transformation that uh, that Elon Musk did, right? He's landing, he's landing rocket ships on barges. I mean, he's, you know, he's an incredible visionary, but he's also a petulant tech bro. And the two can be true at the same time. Agreed. Edison was by all measure of reports, a terrible person, but he was also an incredible innovator. Right. So the two, and and I would argue most successful billionaires probably have a lot of skeletons in their closet. And in some cases like Elon, the closet doors have been taken off. So I think it's, it's, it's possible for both to be true at the same time. And, and that is, you know, that is my take in it. And there was nothing wrong with uh, Elon being taken to the mat. The only problem is that for everybody who bought shares in Twitter, there are people who bought shares in Tesla and where he's going to have to go get this money is from Mm -hmm. his Tesla stock. And so the Tesla stock will go down. Oh boy. You know, if I was a shareholder in anything Elon right now, I'd probably Mm -hmm. move, move that money elsewhere. You're right. Yeah. One of the things that I just want to mention here is, and, and I don't have the business background that let's say Mike does, but, um, I mean, I have noticed all my life that these big acquisitions and when a large company is, is sold or even a smaller company, um, that information, while it's occurring, even while they're thinking about it, is held very closely. It's, mm-hmm. it's secretive. It's not only secretive for, um, so the media doesn't follow, fall out, uh, find out. It's also secretive so that the employees aren't affected by stuff they hear. And also, the value of the company isn't affected. I, I mean, 
banks do it all the time and banks are very quiet about what they do and i think that's how it's supposed to be done the problem with with elon is he just loves to shoot his mouth off mm-hmm. yeah i mean yesterday he tweeted out that crazy meme of him you know the four panels of him laughing about bots and so on like he's some boy in grade nine like this is yeah, just not yeah, that's it this is just not how sophisticated business people behave Perhaps in some ways he hasn't matured. In others, he's way beyond us. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. I think at the end of the day, guys, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, you now, what you have here is, a, is, a, is, is going to be what, what, what should be um, a, a legal war of attrition. Okay? Twitter has no choice. They need to make Elon buy the company for $44 billion. Okay. They need now to secure this transaction Mm -hmm. or their board of directors is not doing their fiduciary duty. Okay. Elon needs to get out of it because right now he's paying, he's overpaying for the company by a long shot due to his own thing. But the thing to remember in this whole thing, uh, you know, gentlemen, I think is where, where I think the problem's going to be, or we'll see what happens. This may be like episode four or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> is that the reason why these rules exist, okay, Henry, the rules to keep the details of a transaction that's potentially going to happen kind of quiet, right, until they're agreed. The, the the idea that, you know, all of this information has to be, you know, kind of properly shared and that people need to stand to their contractual obligations, right, are to protect not BlackRock and these big funds, although you could argue, it's mm-hmm. to protect the individual investor. So there were a lot of people who had some or part of their private investment money in Twitter and they've lost a lot of it. Okay. People have, to Jeff's point, have, have money in Tesla. They have money in, you know, any of his other companies, Brainwave or, or what's the boring company or anything that he's got stock out there for. Other people have it because Elon's involved. And there's a chance now that, you know, when you, when what you've got is a protracted legal battle where Elon Musk is arguing something that, you know, and they're basically, he's arguing over a billion dollars that he doesn't want to pay. And, and Twitter's fighting him all the way to the mat. I don't see how all of his companies, to Jeff's point, don't suffer. I don't see all of his shareholders don't suffer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, the, that, that what will be the most interesting thing is to see if Elon gets his preferential tech bro treatment by the SEC again. Oh, boy. Right. Yeah. I mean, this literally lost a bunch of other humans a lot of money. And the SEC should be clamping, like they should literally be, you know, stomping on Elon right now for this game that he's played that lost a bunch of real people and financial institutions and pension funds a lot of money. And they don't ever know if it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what side the regulators in the states, because I think at some point they will get involved. Yeah. What side the regulators or the legal system comes down on? Do they come down on on kind of the side of the of the of the people and the support for people and the protection against this type of market manipulation? Or do they come down on the side of, you know, whoever whoever pays the most political contributions wins the day, wins the day. That's, I think, the issue. Well, I, I tell you, it is going to be fascinating. It's going to be interesting. And one thing I know is we're probably going to be doing another Hot Topics on this. Probably. No doubt. 
<laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Henry. Bye for now. <laughs>